0: Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen.
1: Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight.
0: Why are you here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden.
1: Well, good evening,
0: Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wilde.
1: Thank you very much.
0: John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Next up, Dr. David Morehouse.
2: I'm so glad that you called me because you are doing such an important task, important work, because you are spreading a very positive message. I was really moved by last week's show because we made a commitment to a worldwide event to try to change consciousness. I'm feeling enormous energy around this show. Just enormous, enormous... uh, I really have to hand it to you, Nicole. You've created sort of a niche of amazing, amazing connections. Just like... (laughs)
1: The angels and the devatas that are, like, attracted to News for the Soul is amazing. And we love News for the Soul!
0: Next on News for the Soul, it's time for Breaking Through with Grace Gideon. Grace is a passionate and dedicated international life coach with a bachelor's in law, a master's in East-West psychology, and an expert in addictions. Grace combines these skills in her practice to clinically and intuitively diagnose and break through subconscious issues that prevent you from achieving success and fulfillment. She has a unique capacity to tune in to repressed psychological and emotional blocks and to teach effective techniques to transform your life in a deep and long-lasting way. And now to help you make your next breakthrough, here's Grace.
3: Hello. Hello. Hello, Nicole. How are you?
0: I'm well. How are you?
3: I'm really well. What's been happening in your world? I never ask you about you. You're always asking me about me.
0: I am, and it would take a whole hour and a half to cover what's going on in my world. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> do you
3: do? Well, what what a big year we've had, hey Nicole? What a big 2017. I don't know, mine was huge. Mine was huge, that's for sure. And um, I guess I'll just introduce myself if anybody's tuning in for the first time. Hi everyone, I'm Grace Gideon. Welcome back to Breaking Through with Grace on News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio. Well, yes, yeah, certainly has been a big year and the whole holiday season is amidst us it is upon us we've had halloween thanksgiving in a few days it'll be hanukkah we've got christmas we've got new year coming up they're all just around the corner and it's really a time where uh, many of us engage in the practice of showing gratitude acknowledging all the good that we have in our lives. We celebrate, we party. And it really is a season for giving, a beautiful time of the year. But all of these festivities and all of this giving often involves a lot of us in a lot of spending, spending a lot of money. Sometimes money we don't have. Sometimes money we beg, borrow, juggle in order to be able to enjoy this time of the year because no one really wants to budget um, for for Christmas and for holidays it kind of puts a limitation on on your ability to have fun and generosity I think unless you're one of those lucky people who knows how to make all of your uh, Christmas gifts I'm certainly not but if we don't pay attention to our finances The hard facts are that you might be set back and enter 2018 in the red. And so while I wish you all lots of Christmas cheer and I'll definitely be doing more of that on the next show just before Christmas, on this show I want to specifically explore the topic of how to create a conscious relationship with money and have you prepared to step into 2018 with the right mindset to enjoy your relationship with money and make it healthy and conscious. Do you like that idea, Nicole? Would that be helpful, do you think?
0: Why did that come up to you
3: today? Well, that's interesting. Um, I think because lots of my clients in my private practice have been pushing me to they say you talk about conscious relationships with everything but you've never talked about how can we have a conscious relationship with money and I thought well if my clients in my private practice are asking for it I wonder if people uh, um, would be interested in it generally and then I thought myself in particular I've invested a lot of money in my son's education, in travel, and in my own business this year. And I thought, Christmas this year, I'm going to be spending so much money because I like to live big, Nicole, and I like to be generous and have fun. And then I thought, well, you know, I wonder if there's a way to do this where I don't enter 2018 in the red, My private clients are asking about it. Then I thought, well, maybe other people are asking about it too and how to change the mindset to get a healthy relationship and maybe that will actually make us even more abundant in 2018. So it's a bit of an experiment. Hmm. That's my answer. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So let's see where let's see where we travel on this topic Nicole because I've just wrote it um in the last couple of days. Let's see where we travel on it. Um and if at any point anyone wants to talk to me about their uh relationship with money then Nicole at the right time because you've got a good sense for that just interrupt me and put a caller through because I won't um Skype with you today. I'll just listen to when you want to put someone through to me. The call in number is plus one six four six five nine five four two seven four. Press one, you'll hear a message. You're now in the host queue. Hold on, then Nicole will put you through to me. Or if you prefer, just email me your question to on the air at net. Okay, let's get into it. So how would I classify your relationship with money as a conscious one? Well, much in the same way as I would classify your relationship with yourself or with another person as as either conscious or unconscious, but obviously with a few modifications. I'd firstly look at whether you're aware of how you think, feel and behave in connection of with money so awareness around money would be a key component to being conscious obviously versus unconscious and many of us are actually blind in relation to money we're either you know grabbing it when we don't need to or spending it when we don't have it so I'd look at your level of awareness of how you think how you feel Feel and how you behave in connection with money. Then I'd ask whether these thoughts, feelings and actions and if you've got a pen, write this down because this is about your motivation. Whether these thoughts, feelings and actions are underpinned with integrity, joy and sound practices and driven by a desire to live your life on purpose in advancement of the greater good so next time you go to the store to buy a candy bar make sure you ask yourself that question hmm i wonder if the acquisition of this hershey bar is underpinned with integrity joy, and sound practices and driven by a desire to live my life on purpose in advancement of the greater good (laughs) i don't think that's going to happen when you're in the candy store But while you're listening to Breaking Through with Grace and while you're doing your personal growth work, that's where I want your consciousness to go. If these criteria are met, then I'd consider your relationship with money conscious. In other words, is your relationship with money one that facilitates your soul growth and the growth of the collective soul of humanity? Does it feed your spirit or does it line your pockets at the mercy of your spirit or empty your pockets at the mercy of your spirit. Interested? Let's carry on. To transform your relationship with money from unconscious to conscious, here are a few things I need you to be clear about. What money is not. Money is not a slave to greed or fear. Money is not a tool to give you the illusion of power. Money is not a compensator for feeling unattractive, inadequate, or unintelligent. Money is not a medicator of your childhood pain. It's not an instrument for buying love. It's neither scarce nor abundant. It's neither evil nor good. I can hear a little bit of interference on the line, Nicole. Can you? Might be... (laughs) here and there's nothing I can do about it on this end oh you think it's at my end okay well look I'll apologize if the quality of the recording isn't so good but I hope you can hear me quite well what money is it's a form of energy it's a mode of exchange it's a tool for connection and it's a facilitator of opportunity Money is neutral. It neither hates nor loves you. It's you that has feelings. Can you hear me, Nicole? Hello? You're coming through 100% fine. I'm so sorry. Money is neutral. It neither hates nor loves you. It's you that has feelings and beliefs around money. It has none around you. Okay, so money is not a slave, it's not a tool to give you power, it's rather a form of energy and a facilitator of opportunity. It neither hates nor loves you, it's you that has feelings and beliefs around money, it has none around you. However, and this is really important, money does flow in line with your mindset and it's subject to universal laws. It flows in line with your mindset, and it's subject to the law of attraction, and it's subject to the law of abundance or lack thereof, which is scarcity. So because it flows in line with your mindset, you might think it loves or hates you or you can have it or you can't have it, but it's really all being created by your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors around it, which way money is flowing. If it's flowing to you or flowing away from you or not flowing anywhere near you, this is dictated because it's energy. It's dictated by your mindset and it's subject to these universal laws being the law of attraction or abundance or scarcity. If money's not coming to you, it doesn't mean it has anything against you, but rather you may have something against it. So how do we help money flow to you? Money will flow to you if you treat it with respect and care, much in the same way as you're called to treat the rest of the planet with respect and care. If it's not treated that way, then there are consequences. It's not just this thing that can be disrespected any more than the earth, rocks, trees or plants are things that can be respected. Every aspect of creation deserves respect and by giving it respect, in other words, love, then as with everything that is given pure love, it flourishes. So what I'm suggesting here is that respect is an aspect of love and love is a creative force. Everything we give love to is created positively. Everything we give hate or fear to is uncreated, negated, diminished or destroyed. So the suggestion is to create more money you have to apply the creative force of love to it. have more money, you have to apply the creative force of love to it. How do you do that? I know some of you are thinking, well, I love money, but it doesn't love me or it doesn't come to me. Well, the kind of love I'm talking about, as I've just said, is showing respect and openness towards it. Be clear. Love of money is not greed. I'm not talking about possessive love or fear-based love. Just like when you love another person, if you love them addictively or possessively, they don't come towards you. They go away from you. This isn't true love. So greed, hoarding, miserliness, craving, they're not true forms of love, whether it's a person or money. They're all forms of fear, which you might call love, but they're not pure love so you don't need to fear money like it's a rabid dog or like a disease or like it's some alien force and you don't need to worship it like it's an elusive power or a false god or a heroic figure you know people who have it a heroic figure don't make them or eat your rescuer don't give money demonic or godlike powers People find money elusive because they don't understand it. They either worship it, they fear it, they ignore it, they neglect it, but they need it. They can project God or devil-like qualities onto it. So ask yourself, which of you actually stops breathing when they think of how much money they need to own their own home outright without a mortgage? And which of you buries their head in the sand or starts rearranging their sock drawer when they're asked to do a retirement plan or think of their superannuation fund or their 401K. Who goes into la-la land, puts everything on a credit card without proper forethought when they're planning their dream trip to the Greek islands or to the Maldives or somewhere, you know, Disneyland? Yep. And, and, and which of you has their eyes go all wide in envy when they see you know, a Maserati or a beautiful dress or or something special that they've longed or craved for. Or they might join a rich person's entourage and subject their own value just to rub shoulders with the rich and famous. Who chases money only to find another area of their life has become neglected, depleted or empty? How many of us engage in these practices? So many of us give up because of this so many of us either shun money or go the other way and attribute extra significance to materially wealthy people regardless of how spiritually or emotionally wealthy those people really are Marianne Williamson said in the 20th century power came from material wealth but in the 21st century power will come from the wealth of consciousness he who wields the power of consciousness will wield the greatest power of all So until we recognize this, this is the true seat of power, your consciousness, your mindset, your psyche, then so many of us will continue to give our power away and sell our souls regardless of our true worth, talents or values. All of these thought forms and beliefs create lack. They create hatred. They create fear. They create avoidance. They create that type of mindset. And that type of mindset keeps money away from us. Just like I said, like a needy, fearful, insecure person in a relationship is not a force of attraction. Neediness, fear and insecurity are not qualities that attract money. Have you ever noticed how we use expressions like net worth or a high net worth individual when describing material wealth? Ask yourself. Is this really the measure of someone's worth? Or could it be a hint that energy flows where attention goes? Do maybe these people who seem to have money in their life just happen to be unblocked in the area of material wealth? Is there something we can learn from their mindset and behaviors around money that can assist us in our practices around creating a healthy, abundant, conscious relationship with money. Rather than attribute worth to them as an individual, high net worth individual, we should think we're all high net worth individuals. But these people may have some beliefs or behaviors around money that we can really learn from. You see, it really is at the end of the day all about your energy, And that's dictated by your mindset and that impacts the level of your vibration. As we all know, the higher your vibration, the cleaner your energy, the less murkiness there is between you and positive energy flowing towards you. Namely, financial abundance that serves the greater good and is here to support your life purpose. So, if I ask to really examine these things, know what money is not, know what money is, change your thinking, change your motivation and remove your negative emotions, then you can flip your relationship with money around and prepare your psyche for financial abundance. Okay. Let's move into how you might do this. I kind of explained it broadly then, but I'm going to give you some more specific mechanisms for doing this. Now, I want you to ask yourself four questions. Now, these questions might sound a little bit esoteric when we're talking about money, but I want you to write them down or they'll be in the assignment later. And ask yourself these questions. Do I want to grow spiritually? Your first question. Do I want to grow spiritually? Then ask yourself, do I want to love more? Your second question. Do I want to love more? Your third question is, do I want to nurture the call of my soul? Okay. Notice how I'm asking spiritual and love-based questions. Do I want to grow spiritually? Do I want to love more? Do I want to nurture the call of my soul, which is your life purpose, which is something that feeds your spirit in case you don't know what I mean by soul growth. Then when you answer those three questions positively, then ask yourself this question. Am I willing to have money enter my life for these purposes? Wow, breathe a sigh of relief. Am I willing to have money enter my life for these purposes? If you've answered yes to all of the above, guess what? That's it. That's your new mindset. That's it. Don't complicate it. Ask for a pure purpose and the universe whose teleological purpose is to grow you towards wholeness and to grow your soul and the collective soul of humanity will say a resounding yes. That's it. Don't complicate it. Now that you have the mindset clear, let's make sure your emotions around money are clear too. Here are the emotions that many people have that they need to process and release. Fear, resentment, hatred, shame, longing and sometimes even anger. Envy, greed, craving, hopelessness, despair. Fear, resentment, hatred, shame, longing, anger. Envy, greed, craving, hopelessness, despair. Name them, claim them, let them go. How do we do this? I do love journaling exercises, so the recommendation is you write down your money wound story, the money wound. This is the story you've made up about money from your parents, your culture, media, media and your past write it out cover the negative thoughts and toxic feelings uncover the negative memories around you know she had they had i didn't have or i had so much then i lost her uncover all of that stuff that swirls around in your belief system around your relationship with money but then in addition to writing out all of that negativity around your money wound story If some positive thoughts, memories and feelings come up that you've collected along the way, put them down on a separate page. Name, claim and let go of the negative, toxic feelings but name, claim and keep the good, the positive, the empowering thoughts and feelings towards money. Build on them, nourish them, share them, use them. to use them to give yourself affirmations so that they become the dominant thoughts and feelings of your money story so this is called restorying or restoring your money story from the money wound story to the money magnet story yep so you're changing your story first thing you're doing is asking yourself the first four questions to change your mindset, do I want, want to grow spiritually? Do I want to love more? Do I want to nurture the call of my soul? Then am I willing to have money enter my life for these purposes? If, that, if you say yes, that's your mindset. Then you need to clear your feelings. Look at the feelings through writing your money wound story. Pull out all the negative stuff and then release that stuff Focus on the positive stuff. Change your money wound story to your money magnet story. Examine your motives and if your soul growth and that of others is at the core, believe that the universe will support you. Okay. The finals to change your behaviors, practices, actions around money. So financial abundance isn't just reading self-help books and doing affirmations. It's not just mindset and positive feelings. You have to have sound practices to build wealth and manage your money. Here's the bit that everyone hates. Practices, behaviors. You know, they'll do some affirmations, they'll do some, you know, clearing of energy, but there are practices you have to have to build wealth and manage your money. A lot of wealthy people have these practices in place either they've been taught them as kids or they've learned them or they've gone to business school or it's innate knowledge I don't know but those of us who struggle around money have to make sure that we're addressing these practices just like a relationship your behavior towards another person is highly relevant to dictating the quality of that relationship so therefore your behavior towards money Is highly relevant to determining the outcomes in that relationship. Also, a few years ago, I wrote an article, and it was it was for um, a health magazine uh, or, or a you know mind body spirit kind of magazine, and the article was called "Fiscally Fit." You can find it on my website on my In The Media page and it's got graphics with it and statistics with it. So if you're interested, go to my website, gracegedion.com and have a read of my Fiscally Fit article on my In The Media page. But let me just pull some of the tips from that about some of the sound practices you need for financial management in order to step into a conscious relationship with money. I said in that article that to live your life to the full, financial fitness is important. And that's kind of like working out, you know, working out in the gym. And just like you have to physically work out to build muscle, make your body stronger and more efficient, a financial workout builds your bank account. It strengthens and streamlights your monetary position. So if you want to build a healthy stash of cash, you want to build healthy wealth, you need to work out how to bring in more money than you spend, right? Basics. You've got to bring in more money than you spend. This is the key behavior that people seem to overlook. We all know it, but we don't do it. And here are the four sabotage patterns that need to be removed for this to be actioned. One, watch out for investing in get-rich-quick schemes. Watch out for that. That's a sabotage pattern. Perhaps there's a part of you that believes in magic or likes the excitement of a windfall or buys a lottery ticket every week. Look, there's no harm in believing in magic or buying a lottery ticket or wanting excitement. But any intelligent financial fitness program ca- cannot rely upon investing any more than 5% of your savings, not your income, of your savings in high-risk ventures and other forms of what I would call gambling on the future, speculative Speculative investments and shares. It's always good because they have a high return, but only 5% of your savings should be invested in high risk projects, ventures, startups, etc. So if there's a next Uber or a next Facebook and you happen to have a whole lot of savings, put 5% into it. Given the multiples of these billion-dollar industries, 5% of your savings will go a long way. At worst, if you keep putting more and more of this money in, then you're addicted to risk-taking. At best, it's just a bit of fun. But you need to sound out solid investment advice from reputable financial advisors. Invest your money solidly in low-risk, and medium-risk investments and only save 5% to high-risk investments. The second sabotage pattern that you have to watch out for is unhealthy forms and levels of personal debt. Look, all forms of living beyond your income level are unsound on some level, you know, because you're borrowing to live the lifestyle you have, whether it's credit card debt or personal loans. Other than a reasonable mortgage to secure a home and some clever leveraging to maximise investment income and tax planning, debt is an unconscious practice which enables you to live a lifestyle that you haven't legitimately earned. This is not a sound practice. It's not an authentic representation of the you that you are at that moment. It's it's a borrowed version of you on the chance that you'll catch up with that version of you at some point. So as such, you're playing catch up with yourself. And eventually, the price you pay for this inauthenticity is higher than any pleasure you'll have gained from the short-term indulgence. So think carefully before you, you know, bring... The future into today through credit card debt. Transfer all your debt. If you've already acquired a whole lot of debt, transfer um, all high uh, interest bearing debt to an account that offers the lowest interest rates. You can research credit cards with low rates and roll debt over while you get to work paying the debt. so in Australia we have a thing called balance transfers so if you've gone and you've accumulated a whole lot of credit card debt I suggest you research um, balance transfers onto low um, interest here you can get 0% or 2% for um, 12 to 18 months on some credit cards and clear credit card debt that's up at around 20% And cut up the card, that's 20%. Don't go and accumulate two cards. You're swapping one out for the other. So that's what you do and then you get to work on paying that off. The money you would have been paying on interest, you pay on principal. You don't go and spend elsewhere. Number three, sabotage pattern. Overspending. If you spend more than 80% of your earnings, you're overspending. Okay, so 5% of your savings goes into high-risk ventures. 80% of your earnings of your income after tax can be spent on your life, but 20% has to be saved to build your long-term security. So take stock of your spending habits. You can save 30%. You can save 40%. You can save 50%. You can save 80% if you make that much money. But at best or at at the lowest common denominator, you need to be saving at least 20% of your income. Now, what do you need to do to take account of this? You create a personal balance sheet or profit and loss statement like companies do. If you don't know how to do that, then just create a four-column spreadsheet. Column one will have your income, total income from various sources. Column two will have your living expenses and uh, our categories for miscellaneous. Column three will have your debts and column four will have your savings. And then you, you track it. You don't track it endlessly. You track it for a little while so you can get... Um, you know a clear indication of close approximate to how much you're spending put your miscellaneous in for um, you know emergencies into your living expenses and uh, you know give that a couple of percent and then to eliminate wastage from columns two and three which is living expenses and debt look for bargains and cost savings you know, I used to just go and buy these little tomatoes called sweet Solanto tomatoes because, you know, the punnet was $3. And I went, that's fine, $3 is fine until I looked at the kilograms. And that was really, I was paying 17 kilos a tomato. Then I found these beautiful gourmet tomatoes for $2 a kilo. I saved 850% by looking at what was next to the sweet cilantro, not looking at the $3 versus the $2, which I thought was insignificant, but by looking at the kilos. Eliminate wastage. Look for bargains and cost savings. Make the effort. It'll reward you. And then, of course, from your savings, you know, I believe in generosity and charity. From your savings, once you're out of debt... Some people will disagree with me they'll say even if you're you're in debt you should tithe to charity I say once you're out of you know um, unhealthy debt I'm not saying once you've paid off your mortgage and bought five investment properties I'm just saying once you've cleared your unhealthy debt because charity begins at home tithe a percentage I'm not going to give you a percentage there are percentages out there but ties a percentage to someone less fortunate than you or to a charity. I do it to relatives in, in Lebanon um, and other charities, but um, I make sure my house is in order first. And then um, the next and final sabotage pattern I'll be talking about is under-earning. So we've talked about watch out for investing in get-rich schemes unhealthy forms and levels of personal debt, overspending, and now number four, under-earning. Being paid less than market value for your educational level and skills. And you know, this happens to a lot of my American clients for some reason. They'll have PhDs and they'll be earning $40,000 or $50,000 a year, which breaks my heart. But being paid less than market value for your educational level and skills having few customers if you're a small business owner not not having enough customers to fill your to fill your week or attracting irregular work as a contractor these are all forms of under earning so what you need to do there after you've obviously done your work on your mindset and releasing toxic feelings around money you need to take action by researching fees and salaries in your field of expertise to see where you sit in that range. Determine whether you need to upgrade your skills. I mean, you know, do you need to skill up? Are you out of date? Do you need to do some kind of extra computer course or sound effects course or creative course or continuing education course or hospitality course? What do you need to do in your industry to get current? If you believe you're skilled, you're highly skilled, you're educated, you're fit with the job, have the courage to ask for a salary review. You know, have the courage to ask for one. Don't say, oh, they're always telling me that, you know, things are tight and they don't have the budget. Ask anyway if you really determine that you have the value. Um, Or boost marketing for your business. Or if you're not being respected in your job, Take the leap, change jobs or maybe even change career direction if if you're not loving what you do. Just simply because you believe in yourself and make sure you get support to take intelligent planned action to make these changes. If you wait until you feel good enough about yourself to earn more whilst you're earning less, you're going to be waiting a long time because that behavior is feeding your low self-esteem. In order to feel good about yourself, La La Land is over, and action is required. Action is required. Okay, guys. So, the, uh, Nicole, do we have any callers that would put, put um, that want to ask me any questions about money before I go into the final step of this exercise?
0: Oh, we've got some email questions. Um, Let's put this one forward first. This is coming from uh, Julia in Canada. She's asking about more about getting into the abundance flow. Do you have an exercise
3: for that? Yep. Um, Maybe Julia asked that question before I went through the steps, but Julia The abundance flow, interestingly, you asked that. I'm just about to talk about invoking the principle of abundance, Julia. You're obviously talking about mindset. So what I'm going to assume is that you have a money wound story that's blocking you and that's got you trapped in scarcity. So if you go back and listen to this podcast, hopefully it's not too scratchy, and ask yourself, the the questions um, about what you believe money is. If if you're an if you have fear around money, or if um, you believe it's scarce. Uh, so if you have limiting beliefs around money, you need to change those beliefs to that money is a form of energy and a facilitator of opportunity. Um, say affirmations like money neither hates nor loves me. It's me that has feelings and beliefs around money. Um, It has none around me. You then need to move into bringing in the creative power of love by respecting and caring for money, changing, writing your money wound story, letting go of that, going back, remembering positive money memories and stories, building on those, asking yourself what's your life purpose, inviting the universe, to give you money to support your life purpose now life purpose doesn't mean writing a book um, or or becoming an act. you know I mean that might be part of your life purpose your life purpose might simply be to raise your children your life purpose may simply be to meet your life partner your life purpose may simply be to be happy or to do all of these things and When you connect with, you know, what purpose is money going to serve in my life? You're going to say, money's going to serve the purpose of helping me feel good about myself so I can meet my true love. Money's going to help me educate my children. Money's going to help me help the poor people overseas. Money's going to help me start a business that I think will be ethical and and do good for the planet. Money's going to help me go to the United Nations. Money's going to help me look gorgeous because I've always wanted to look gorgeous. Money's going to help me help my parents. Money's going to help me make the movie I want to make. Or take that trip to to Kilimanjaro that I've always wanted to do. And when you're connected to integrity and God wants you to be happy and God wants you to experience this beautiful earth that he gave you, that she gave you, you're going to get a resounding yes. Because it's God's waiting for you to clear the fear so he can give you the kingdoms, the, 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 the keys to the kingdom. He can give you the keys to the kingdom. You know, Jesus you know just just because jesus didn't want money doesn't mean money is evil you know J- jesus had a purpose that didn't require money you know doesn't mean that from now on spirituality means nobody ever ever requires money i mean people with money can end world hunger people with money can put on beautiful beautiful um films for children that educate them you know they can teach us things you know jesus didn't need money for his job back then if you need money in order to advance your soul growth and the collective soul growth of humanity ask and you shall receive it's not bad any other questions nicole
0: General question coming to us from Leslie in Ontario. She's asking, why is the money thing coming up for people where we've worked on this for years and years and suddenly the money flow is not happening?
3: Oh, that's interesting. What, what do you think Leslie's saying? Is she saying that um, so many people have worked on, on money issues but it's still not happening for them? Is that what, the, what she's suggesting by that question? Well,
0: yeah, and I also read into it that she was doing better before and not doing so well now.
3: Yeah, right. It sounds like she's done a lot of work, and a lot of people have done a lot of work, but the flow's not quite there. You know, Leslie, if if we've interpreted your question correctly, and you can email us if we haven't, and we'll clarify it. And if you can get your email in in the next couple of minutes, I think. So many people put so much work in in into areas of life, and it just doesn't click over. I really see people working hard on relationships, people working hard on businesses, and things not quite clicking over. Sometimes I think it's um, maybe something is you know it, there's a cosmic lesson people to move away from material wealth and into the wealth of consciousness I really really believe uh, Mary Ann's quote when she said you know material wealth um, had the power in the 20th century and the wealth of consciousness will have power in the 21st century sometimes sometimes money is just not meant to be the answer because we're supposed to be learning spiritual lessons and if we're given money, then we don't learn the deeper spiritual lessons. And sometimes there's a missing ingredient either in our mindset or our emotions or our practices, like a recipe for a cake. If you've left out the, 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 the yeast, it won't rise. You'll have a flat cake. It will might still be delicious, but it'll be a bit tough and it'll be flat. So sometimes... Sometimes you need a missing ingredient, and sometimes God is growing you in a different direction, Leslie. Um, I kind of feel if I use my intuition, Leslie, that it's more that God's growing you spiritually right now, because if I tune into your energy, I pick up that you've done a lot of work and that you're very genuine in your question. Um, and maybe there is something in the in the in the cosmos that's saying to you, not this, not now. And it might be saying tweak a few things and it might be saying that to the whole planet, it might be saying it to you individually. Um, you know, the universe doesn't want, in its, in its seeking to wholeness, it doesn't want to split between capitalism and poverty. It doesn't want, you know, hedonism and, and, and deprivation existing on this planet. It wants to bring us into balance. So it might do things just like we have tidal waves and things, you know, just we have um, acts of God occur for unknown reasons. Sometimes energy shifts for unknown reasons. So as humble servants, as we keep aligning ourselves with the greater good, as we keep saying to God, your will not mine be done and, and am I living my life on purpose on purpose? then we're more likely to invoke flow and the principle of abundance um, consciously, not just materially. Does that make sense, Nicole? Are we happy with that? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we've
0: seen a theme, though, in the last six months where this has resurfaced in a lot of Mm -hmm.
3: emails. Mm -hmm. Well... If it is a theme and like I said, you know, it's been a theme for my clients and so I'm very, very interested in what the, you know, what our collective soul growth is moving towards and like I say, my hint would be let's move to the wealth of consciousness and that a high net worth individual is somebody with self-esteem who operates consciously um, and thoughtfully and money flows to them From that motivation not from fear and greed and accumulation and um you know my my son's been studying um poetry this last few weeks and the poems are a lot about the environment and all about you know what greed and um and you know things like deforestation and pollution and um you know, the pursuit of money at the cost of the environment and at the constitute of our own health have done to our planet and we really need to come back to thinking, you know, about this planet and if greed continues to dominate, then, you know, the the, the, the universal mind, the universal psyche is saying, watch out, cause extinction um, of many species and our lifestyle as we know it. Um, could be upon us so there's a big lesson here for us so okay so Nicole I might just move on and just say finally invoking the principle of abundance once once you've taken stock and eliminated financial dysfunction from your behavior I'd like you to set yourself realistic savings targets and align these savings targets with living your life on purpose Know that every action you take in relation to wealth accumulation and financial management is designed to move your life in the direction of your purpose and nourishing your spirit. As you set that mindset, set the vision. As you set your mindset, set your vision. As you clear away fear, doubt, insecurity, shame, greed, resentment, envy, welcome, love and joy. So I often say with mindset, verbalize, visualize, materialize. Verbalize, visualize, materialize. Yes? And remember what I said at the beginning of the show, for it to be conscious, it needs to be Underpinned with integrity, joy and sound practices driven by a desire to live your life on purpose in advancement of the greater good. So let's go back. Let me uncomplicate that for you. Set your mindset. Set your vision. Clear away your fears. Welcome love and joy. Remove your sabotage patterns build sound financial management practices, then all your steps, I believe, will be in place for money to flow towards you, divinely inspired by your commitment to soul growth and the advancement of the collective soul growth. When you do this, ladies and gentlemen, when you do this, know, know this thing. Know that you have genuinely earned the right to reward yourself not only through material wealth but also through the wealth of your higher consciousness then when you get the chance then when you get the chance take some of that well-earned money and use it use it not to run away from something not to medicate something, not to avoid something, not to get power over someone, but use it to run towards the life you deserve to and you've always wanted to live. That is what I call a life of abundance. So, unless You want to say anything, Nicole? I might just go into giving people their homework assignment. That would be perfect. Four minutes to the top. Terrific. Thank you, Nicole, and thanks for your contribution. Your assignment this week is to write your money story. Write your money story by asking, what did I learn from my parents about money? What did I learn from my culture or the media about money? And what did I learn from my past about money? Explore the limiting beliefs and the positive beliefs from your money story. Challenge the limiting beliefs, build on the positive ones by affirming them. Then ask yourself the four questions I mentioned earlier to help you change your mindset and motivations around money. One, do I want to grow spiritually? Two, do I want to love more? Three, do I want to nurture the call of my soul by living my life on purpose? And four, am I willing, open, am I willing and open to have money enter my life for these purposes. This exercise will help you change from a person with a money wound story to a person with a money magnet story. I hope you like the sound of that. That's all, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back in two weeks, Monday 18th of December, to help you make your next breakthrough and until then just remember when you understand the workings of your psyche what drives you to think, feel and act the way you do your breakthrough is imminent and your life can be amazing. Bye Nicole, bye everyone.
0: You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights, life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com.
2: experience that you're just gonna I mean this is just so far off the wall it's unreal I wanted to levitate and this was so important to me my god if Thomas Aquinas 240 pounds can levitate surely I can levitate I mean it's just I want to levitate and I would meditate and then I would think well today I can levitate and I would walk get in the tub and think maybe I could walk on water and nothing happened you know And this was so funny, because my husband kept saying, you're an idiot. And I said, no, I'm going to levitate, and I'm not going to let go until I do. But then I came back home, and it was about a month or two later, Uh, one morning. I can't describe it. It was a feeling of euphoric. It's it's such a feeling that uh, you can do anything. But I decided I was going to go to the little chapel right out where I lived in Las Calenas in, in Irving. They have this Catholic chapel, which is about two blocks actually from where I live. And I decided to go there and to meditate. And I got out of the car and was feeling just so, all of a sudden I'm in, I'm levitating about, I'd say about three inches off the ground. Well, there's a path that goes down and there's steps. But there weren't any railings. There was nothing to hang on to. And I am petrified. Here I am, a little above, and I'm wobbling. And I'm disoriented. <laughs> and would you believe I uh, paddled like I would if I was swimming until I finally got to front of the church and had a pillar there. And I put my arms around that pillar and I said, okay, enough already, class." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I I'm I'm talking to anybody that can hear me in the unseen world and then a bunch of students that um, go to the college there I uh, walked up and I'm still there hanging <laughs> that post that was so ridiculous and then I got into the chapel and I said okay take it away from me I don't want to say more <laughs> so, oh, come on. Decided I didn't need to levitate. And I'm sitting there <laughs> I'm saying, Oh my God. <laughs> this this is what happened. All the while I worked for that man, things were happening that I was amazed absolutely amazed and he says don't tell him this don't tell him this one night he was talking and uh, we had about i'd say about 40 or 50 in that particular class but i would sit in back of the room because uh, i would always have to be there you know to Uh, sign people in and to answer questions and to have the coffee pot ready during breaks, etc. And I would sit there and I would be amazed at all the people that were around Jose that were not in seats, I mean from other dimensions. They were all, all just as far as I could see. These were beings of people. And one night I'm sitting there and I'm looking because here's some people now that I hadn't really seen that are about I'd say 12, 14 feet tall, skinny, long long just long looking people, and they're all just standing there behind Jose. During the break a little woman comes up to me and she said, I'd like to ask you something. She said, I've seen in these other dimensions as far as back as I can remember. But she says Tonight I'm seeing these tall people. <laughs> Twelve or fourteen feet tall. She said, "I've never seen those before." Uh, do you see this? And I said, "Well, I'll ask Jose." So I got to Jose, and I said, uh, "Well, I said we're seeing something different tonight here. Huh? This little old lady and me." And he said, "Oh," he said, "they're from Venus." And then he walked off. <laughs> And I would say, somebody, someplace has got to help me. And the phone would ring, and there would be an answer. Now, we can't do this on a physical. We're having help from other realms. That's the only way I can explain it logically, because this happened on a continuing
1: basis.
0: Was there a lot of Mind Over Matter work in the Silva training?
2: It was probably one of the most fantastic mental training classes you could have at that time because, you know, in the 40s and the 50s, everything was the work of the devil. Uh, This was uh, a lot of the uh, the, uh, newspapers wouldn't even let us put ads in their paper because it was the work of the devil. And so there was difficulty uh, advertising. people from other dimensions they have the telepathic abilities by communicating let's get the here and now
0: did you have any other kind of similar experiences uh, with you know teleporting or going through solid things or you know some of the other things we've heard stories about over the years
2: None of this is vivid imagination. You are telepathically being told what to write, and it sounds like fiction or faction. But what it is, it's sort of numbing the public to when all of this transpires, and it's in an ongoing process now. In this evolutionary process, it's happening, but it's an upstepping process, and so eventually, all of all of us will have this capability. Uh, communicating in other dimensions, going to other galaxies, other universes, etc. Uh, okay. Light system, plant systems, and so forth. It's just an ongoing wow. un- Well, I get in there with all the grown-ups, and they're at the foot of his bed, and uh, the priest is there, and all of a sudden, through the wall, about, I'd say, eight or nine people walk through the wall, and they're kind of elderly, different ages, and uh, my granddad, who is on the bed, and he's just gasping, sits up in bed, smiles, and then gets up, and they embrace him, and he walks through the wall, and while he's walking through the wall, he's laying on the bed, and now there's two grandpas there, you know, for this little four-year-old or three-year-old or whatever I was. And uh, now I'm seeing that uh, he's walking through this wall, but he's laying there. Well, this sort of perplexed me. And after we went out and everybody's crying, I told my mother, I said, well, I said, Grandpa didn't have an angel. (laughs) A lot of people came. He went with a lot of people, but no angel came to take him. And she couldn't understand because, you know, I expected to see this angel and was rather disappointed. And uh, she said, well, my mother always said, there you go again with a vivid imagination or you're lying. Don't tell anybody. They'll think you're crazy. So I squelched all that. I I really squelched all that.
0: I don't know if this is going to come out or what. So how many did you see?
1: Oh,
2: Goda?
0: Hey! How many do you see? There's one there, one here.
2: There, there were two over yeah. here,
0: but so so okay. they're not. I saw three
1: at one yeah. point, yeah. Just keep focusing.